Good morning, and welcome to the Word of Life Radio Bible Study, presented by the Southwest Church of Christ, Austin, Texas. Holding forth the Word of Life to present all people perfect in Jesus Christ. And now your host, Cody Westbrook. Good morning and welcome to the Word of Life Radio Bible Study, brought to you by the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. I'm Cody Westbrook, your host and preacher for the Southwest Congregation. Have you ever wondered why so many people refuse to obey what the Lord says and make changes in their lives? Have you ever sat down and tried to talk with someone about God's Word? Maybe tried to study passages of Scripture with them? perhaps pleaded with them, maybe a friend or a family member, to change their life, to be the person that God wants them to be, but they refused? Have you ever wondered why that is the case? There are two passages that come to mind this morning. The first one is in John 14, verse 15, where Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. But then there's 1 John 2, verse 3 to 5, where John writes this, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Notice in both of those contexts that love is mentioned. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. John wrote that the love of God is perfected in the one who keeps the word of God. So the question that we began with a moment ago, perhaps it's not the right question. We wonder what keeps some from obeying the Lord, but really the question is, what keeps us from loving the Lord? Because obedience to the Lord springs from a heart full of love for the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches us. If you love me, then keep my commandments, John 14, 15. Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. So what we really need to be asking is, what are some things in this life, in this world, that stand in our way and keep us from loving God like we should? This morning, we want to think about some things that God's Word will describe for us that keep us from loving the Lord as we should. First, let's bow our heads together for a word of prayer, and then we'll engage in our study. Our gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for another day. We thank you, Father, for the ability and the opportunity to be able to study your Word this morning. We pray, Father, that you will help each of us to open up your Word and to study it with an open heart, with an open mind. Help us to grow in our love for you, dear God, and help us to turn away from those things that would stand in the way of us loving you as we should. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Before we begin, I do want to just quickly uh, remind you that um, you can visit our website, www.swcubc.org, and you'll notice that the website has been changed greatly. It's been updated. You will also find on the website that there are sermon archives, there are articles, there are the archives of our radio program, and in the future we will be launching a Word of Life podcast, and the link to the Word of Life podcast will be found on the church website as well. More information on that as the time grows closer. But again, just a reminder, be sure and check out our website, www.swcofc.org. Now, what are some things that keep us from loving the Lord like we should? 
First of all, there's fear and doubt. In Luke chapter 12 and verse uh, number 4 through verse number 7, Jesus made the following statement. Luke 12, beginning in verse 4, Jesus says, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and afterward that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Sometimes we will not commit to obeying the Lord or loving the Lord because we're afraid of what people might think about us. Maybe our friends, or maybe our family members, or maybe just the society at large. What will people think about me if I change my life and live in a way that is in accordance with God's will? But um, this fear of what people will think about us, that fear will keep us from being who God wants us to be. Instead of having fear, we must have faith. I'm reminded of an occasion that's recorded for us in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 and following where we read about Jesus in the boat, in the ship with his disciples. You remember that there was a great storm that came, Mark 4, verse 35 and following. And uh, the disciples were afraid, and they came and they said to him, verse number 38, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And then he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Notice that God's Word will connect fear and faithlessness. Fear is really just faithlessness with a different descriptor. These disciples knew that Jesus was in the boat with them. There's no reason that they should have been afraid of the storm, but they were. And so that's why Jesus simply asked the question, What are you afraid of? Why are you so fearful? Don't you have faith? Why? uh, Where is your faith? You see, Fear keeps us from loving the Lord and obeying His will, but fear must be replaced with faith. We shouldn't be afraid of what people might think about us or do to us or anything else. We should simply have faith in God and serve and love Him as we should. But in addition to fear, there's also doubt. Sometimes we uh, play tricks on ourselves. We play mind games, if you will, with ourselves. Maybe we overthink things. We might say something like, well, I doubt that this is what I really need to do. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not sure. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 and 23, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and before him uh, to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on uh, a mountain by himself to pray. And one even, uh, now when evening came, he was alone there. We keep reading. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Remember, this is when Jesus will walk on the water, and he will also call Peter to come and walk on the water in verse number 28. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. And so Peter walked. But then when he saw, verse 30, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink and cried out, saying, Lord, Save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? When we open up God's Word and we see what God's Word tells us about the character of our God, His faithfulness and His power, 
When we see illustrations over and over again presented to us in the pages of Scripture and maybe even in our own lives of the faithfulness of God, why would we doubt? Think about Peter. What had he seen in Jesus up to this point? The miracles that he had performed and the teaching that he had done and the time that Peter had spent with our Lord. And so Jesus wants to know, why are you doubting? Peter had no reason to doubt, but that doubt is what caused him to sink. So what is it that will stand in our way and keep us from loving the Lord like we should? First, there's fear and doubt. A fear of what might happen or what, or what people may think or a doubt that this is what I really should do. We must throw away fear and doubt. Second, another thing that will keep us from loving the Lord as we should is apathy. It's the idea that says, I just really don't care. It's really not important right now. Apathy, we need to understand, is a terrible thing in the sight of our God. We learn this lesson in the Old Testament book of Haggai chapter 1, The children of Israel had gone back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of God after their uh, captivity in Babylon. And the Bible tells us that they arrived and they worked for a little while and then they were met with some opposition. So they stopped for a number of years and they neglected the work of God's house. And so God raised up the prophet Haggai to confront the people. And in Haggai chapter 1, as God confronts the people through this great prophet... He tells them that their their problem, their sin, is apathy. They were apathetic to building the house of God and to doing the work of God, but God says, you've made time for your own houses. Is it time, you, you say, to build your own houses while this house lies in wait? You see, the people had made a conscious choice, and their choice was, we're not going to dedicate time for God. We'll dedicate our time to ourselves. In Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse number 14, Jesus speaks to the church at Laodicea, and he says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Apathy is a horrible thing in the sight of God, and it makes, and it makes God sick, partly because apathy will separate us from our God. Apathy will stand right between us and God and will keep us from loving Him as we should and serving Him as we should. We choose to not care about God and place all of our attention on ourselves and on the things of this world. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 11, the Apostle Peter, uh, uh, the Apostle Peter commanded Christians in that passage to abstain from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. In 1 Peter chapter 6, the or 1 Timothy rather, chapter 6, the apostle Paul admonished Timothy on a couple of occasions to beware of the evils of materialism. He describes the love of money as the root of all evil and he talks about the fact that those who love material things have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. In James chapter 3, verse 14 and following, James says that your life is like a vapor, and to him that knows to do good and and does it not, to him it is sin. The Bible calls to us from beginning to end to recognize that our life is really very short and that the time that we have is really not even our own. We're stewards of that time. It's given to us on loan. It's a gift from from God, from our Heavenly Father, and God wants us to deal with and use that time as we should. How terrible it is when we're apathetic to God because we're too busy thinking about ourselves and about the things of this world 
we will never love God and serve Him and obey Him as we should if we're too focused on loving ourselves and loving the world and loving convenience and pleasure and everything else. If we're going to place all of our attention on worldly things, we'll never put any attention on God. Apathy is a thing that keeps us from loving the Lord like we should. The third thing is something that we'll just call the I can'ts. It's a negative attitude. It's an attitude that says, it's just too hard. I'll never be able to do it. I can't do it. Or something to that effect. What we need to understand first and foremost about this pessimistic and negative attitude is that it is completely uh, unbiblical and really it's sinful. You see, the call to holiness, the call to followership, the call to loving and serving God, that call is available for everyone and everyone can answer it. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, Paul described himself as the chief of sinners. But he also said that though he was the chief of sinners, that God had mercy on him, that God showed grace toward him through Jesus Christ and enabled him, gave him the opportunity to be an apostle and a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no reason that anyone should ever say being a Christian is too hard or it's out of reach. There is no reason that anyone should ever say, I'm just too sinful. I've done too many terrible things and there's no way in the world that God would ever want me. That's just simply not the case at all. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, Paul said, I am the chief of sinners, but God had grace and mercy toward me. He saved me. And he goes on to say, he did so so that I can stand as as a, as a lesson, as a model, so that in time to come, people can look at me and say, if God was willing and able to save Paul, then surely God is willing and able to save me. We should throw away these negative, pessimistic thoughts and replace them with things, thoughts that are positive, think, th- thoughts that are true. Listen to Philippians chapter 4, a passage that is very familiar to us on this Uh, on this Bible study. Philippians 4 and verse 8, Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Paul says, You fill your mind with things that are good and holy and right and true. But what about Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This from the pen of one who was in Roman custody, who didn't know what the next day would bring or how much time he had left in his life. And yet he was content because he knew that regardless of the circumstance, he could do all things through Christ. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse number 5, Paul said, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who has made us able ministers or sufficient ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. What is Paul saying in this passage? Paul is saying, listen, our ministry, our work as apostles and preachers, We're not doing this because we're something special. We're not doing this because we've earned this or because uh, we're smarter than everybody else. We're doing this because God has given us the ability. 
our sufficiency, our ability. It's, it's from God. God is the one who makes us who we are. He's the one who gives us what we need. Galatians 6 and verse number 10 is another passage that comes to mind as it pertains to this pessimistic attitude, this idea that I just can't do it, I can't serve God, I can't be who He wants me to be. Listen to Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. Can you do good? Paul says you can. Titus 3 and verse 8. This is a faithful saying. Paul wrote, And these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to man. There is no reason for anyone to ever look at the call to following God, to loving and serving Him in a negative fashion. There is no reason for anyone to ever think that Christianity is too hard, or for anyone to ever think that they're just too sinful, that the Lord won't have anything to do with them. That's just simply not true. We've got to throw away this I can't attitude. Fear and doubt, apathy, the I can'ts, negativity, these are all things that stand in our way and keep us from loving God as we should. Let's talk about one more. What about misplaced loyalty? Misplaced loyalty can keep us from serving God as we should. Sometimes we're confronted with the truth of God's Word, and our attitude is, well, my family has done the same thing in the same way for years, and I'm not going to change it now. Or my family, my parents, grandparents, whoever, they worshiped in uh, this way, or they did things that way, and there's no way that I'm going to go against what they said or what they taught or what they believed. I just cannot do it. Can I point you in the direction of Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 to 38? Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Notice that Jesus said that he came to bring division within a person's family. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus came to intentionally cause uh, regrettable problems. He didn't come to make you hate your mother or your father or anything like that. But the point that he is making is that the call to holiness, the call to being a, uh, to, uh, being a Christian, that that call is going to necessitate that if there are those in my family who refuse to obey the gospel and to love the Lord and obey Him, that I cannot love them more than the Lord. I must love the Lord more than anyone or anything, even my own family. I must remember that. My loyalty is misplaced. If I put my family or my friends or anyone or anything else above the Lord, God says, serve me, love me more than anyone or anything else. And God rewards that loyalty. Luke 9 and verse 23, a passage that we already looked at a moment ago. If anyone desires to come after me, let him take up his cross and deny himself and follow after me. Jesus will reward that kind of service. Matthew 10 and verse number 22, this same, uh, this same chapter, Jesus said, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. 
Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10, the Bible says, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of righteousness. Misplaced loyalty. If we put our loyalty in anyone or in anything above God, above Christ Jesus, that's going to prevent us from loving and obeying Him as we should. So what are the things that keep us from loving the Lord as we should? Fear and doubt, apathy, negativity, and misplaced loyalty. All of those things will keep us from loving God as we should. But we need to recognize that our love is going to be directed toward one of two people. It's either going to be directed toward ourselves or it's going to be directed toward the Lord. What about you? Do you love Him enough to make changes? Or are you going to allow these obstacles to prevent you from loving God as you should? That's the end of our time this morning. We thank you for tuning in with us today. Again, we remind you to visit our website, www.swcfc.org. Uh, We encourage you to come and to worship with us at the Southwest Congregation. If you have opportunity, our worship time and our contact information and our location will be provided in just a moment. Again, thank you for being with us today, and we hope that you'll come back and be with us again next Sunday morning, Lord willing, as we open up the Bible and study more of the wonderful Word of Life. Thank you for joining us today on the Word of Life Radio Bible Study. You're cordially invited to join us at the Southwest Church of Christ for Bible class this morning at 9.30, worship at 10.30, and again at 6 this evening. We also meet at 7 p.m. on Wednesday evening for Bible class. If you would like to have a copy of today's program, please write or call us. We're located at 8900 Manchac Road, Austin, Texas, 78748. You can call us at 512-282-2486 or find us on the web at www.swcofc.org. We hope you will join us again next Sunday morning as we continue our study of God's Word.